0: Hi, today we are going to talk about the recent drone attacks in Jammu and Kashmir and the Chinese Communist Party celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. First, there were two explosions in Jammu and Kashmir's airbase carried out using civilian drones. For some time now, there has been apprehension about low-flying drones that escapes the military radar. They have been used previously to drop drugs and ammunition across the LOC into Punjab, but other than shooting at these drones, no counter-drone systems have been inducted so far and this might impose a high opportunity cost for the military, given these drones are meant to attack highly strategic areas. There have been precedents of this before, such as the drone attacks carried out by Houthi rebels of Yemen on the Saudi Aramco's oil facilities in 2019. This had halted global oil supply for a few days. These events have already laid out the danger such warfare can pose to the economic and territorial security of a country. Next, we have China celebrating the 100th anniversary of the CCP, that was established in 1921. Here's a brief history along milestone events of how communism managed to sustain in China. So the party had its first meeting in Shanghai and later there was a commu- uh, confusion about the precise date and so Mao picked July 1st to commemorate the foundation. And now comes the power struggle between the Chinese nationalists and the communists. This ended up in the famous long march of 1934 to 35 when a series of marches were undertaken by the Communist Red Army to escape the annihilation by the Nationalists. This was also the event that saw the rise of Mao Zedong. Following the Communists' retreat, the Nationalists faced another challenge when Imperial Japan invaded China. Though Japan was defeated, there were many casualties suffered by the Nationalists' army and the Communists were up in arms again. And this time, their isolation had allowed them to garner strength and capability And in 1949 they took over the country. Mao's policies were disastrous for China. First, the Great Leap Forward was enacted to industrialize China. They forced farmers to build backyard furnaces and in turn this triggered a famine because the grain output had collapsed. The next wreckage was in the form of the Cultural Revolution in 1965. It was supposed to be a Marxist proletarian revolution which is a class struggle to bring in socialism But historians read it as Mao's aim to weed out political opponents within the party. This ended up in a lot of bloodshed and crippled China's economy. With Mao's death in 1976, there was a power struggle again. The reformer Deng Xiaoping comes to power and ends this mass class struggle, brings in market reforms in the countryside, and introduces special economic zones with relatively more freedom to do business. These economic reforms, privatization, however, are an irony of Marxist ideas opposing capitalism. So all was well. Businesses were flourishing. There were talks of political reform. But the end of 1980s saw anger among students and workers about corruption and inflation. Imported goods were flooding the markets and a lack of democracy. That, along with Huyabang's death, who was a party secretary, got the protests spilling onto the streets. This forms the basis of the Tiananmen square protest, which you might recall by a photo of a man standing alone in front of a battle tank. On a side note, the military crackdown did not take place in the square itself and the protesters were cleared off before that, but it took place in many areas around Beijing. The effect of this crackdown was massive on the minds of the people and the reputation of the military was greatly affected. This made the leadership get its act together within the party and impose term limits on the top position two five-year terms, and no more. In time, China made big strides in the economic and political sphere, building islands in South China Sea, entry into the World Trade Organization, its effective tackling of the global financial crisis. Put together, proved its worth against Western diktats of the financial system and democratic values. Transfer of power, however, has always been the sticking issue for CCP, and that is now tackled by Xi Jinping by altogether abolishing term limits. He's at the end of his second term and is yet to name a successor. In the recent years, China has slowly been building its soft power, exporting its culture and establishing centers to study its language and its revisionist history. This can be understood from what they say about an idea gaining more legitimacy with its spread and acceptance elsewhere. But the ideology sustaining communism in China has evolved very much from what Marx had conceived. A Chinese party leader once said, whatever they tried and worked, they called it socialism, and whatever didn't work was thought to be against socialism. Ideas can be imported, but Chinese communism is more of a model than an ideology, and exporting models require preconditions to exist. This might be a challenge facing China that has made its geopolitical ambitions clear in the recent times. Lastly, North Korea, which has a communist history longer than that of China, is currently mourning the weight loss of its leader. Let's end right here. Thanks for listening. Bye.